I believe that in your career, you need a bit of luck, but you can make that luck happen. I was a three science A-level undergraduate heading off down to a route of medicinal chemistry until a lucky wildcard course on my forms, I just followed an instinct, catapulted me into my first marketing job via the first ever business studies degree course in travel and tourism. I didn't stay very long in travel, although travel had stayed with me. This year it was Vietnam and Cambodia on a bicycle, but I have stayed in business and marketing ever since. My journey has felt like a natural training ground for my role today. I worked as an account handler in agencies, I went client side, I chose charities, I got the opportunity to work at board level across the many challenges of leadership, including leading whole organisational change management. But I wouldn't be in the role now if I hadn't built the network I had and been brave enough to voice out loud that network when I was ready to move on. And the luck came again. I made a bit of luck and I got lucky. My name is Diana Tickell and I am the Chief Executive of NABS, which is the support organisation for those who work in the advertising and media industry in the UK. Celebrating the lives, work and achievements of women around the world. The Drum presents Exceptional Women of the World, hosted by The Drum's America's editor, Doug Zanger. Let's move on to three questions. And the first one, I'm going to go ahead and use air quotes here. Who made you and how did they make you and why do you feel that they made you? Who you are today? I give credit to um, several people on my career, but mainly those who've given me an opportunity that was beyond my current experience. And that's, I think, shaped me quite considerably. One person in particular gave me the job he knew I could do, but not simply a step up into the same role. So I took a wider role across a broader Marcom's responsibility than I'd currently been working on at a more senior level. And that transferred transferred and transformed my opportunities and I loved it. So that person is Andrew Nebel and I'd like to say thank you to Andrew for the opportunities he in particular gave me. It is amazing when you see, I've always said that there's a differentiation between getting an opportunity and getting your shot. And an opportunity means that you can work within an organization and progressively grow. But getting your shot means that somebody sees something in you that you might intuitively know that you have, but you might not necessarily fully see it yourself. It sounds like that he's, he's that person that, that really you know, pressed you and, and gave you that more than just an opportunity, but gave you a real shot. Yeah, I think that's a really great way of putting it. He gave me an opportunity beyond my current experience. He trusted me because we'd worked together before. He encouraged me to apply for a role that I might not have thought about before and was instrumental in that. So yes, it was really about the, the big next step. And for me, that's the one that took me from agency side to client side, in fact. And that change, mm. which I love working in agencies and I love the thrill of it and I love the involvement across a range of different clients, But that opportunity took me into the client, quite a big client. And when you open the door and you suddenly realise what goes on behind the scenes beyond the marketing piece that you've been working on, and you're suddenly responsible for a much wider group of people and their development and everything else that goes with it, then I began to learn in a whole different way. And that's where my career probably then took another step forward quite significantly. What's the biggest criticism you've ever received and why was it important for you to get that criticism? So this has been quite a difficult one for me to answer because I'm struggling to go, what's the thing I've actually learned the most from? Because I was trying to find something that I've learned from. 
And for me, we can, no, we can, we can shift it. There's listen, <laughs> I, I, I put the question out there, but you know, please, by, by all means. Well, I've gone for something that I learned from, and actually it was quite early on in my career. And I was mm. a fairly new manager, and I'd stepped into the role of manager, and I'd recruited another person to support me, and I'd got another team member. And I thought they were both fab, and it was all going swimmingly. Well, I thought it was going swimmingly. And one day, this lady who, I was, who was working with me invited me around to hers for dinner. And I thought, oh, that's lovely. That would be fabulous. So we had, went and had a lovely dinner. I met her family. And then we had a quiet chat at the end of the evening where she gently explained to me that she was finding my management style a bit difficult. Apparently Mm. I wasn't really supporting her, I was perhaps being overcritical and that was really hard but actually I celebrate that day, uh, that individual who had the confidence to handle something in such a positive way and give me the bit of feedback that I needed at that time and we've actually remained close friends ever since and I have championed her career as well. So It was something that was really difficult. You can imagine sitting in someone's lounge when you've had lovely dinner and they're actually beginning to say, actually, there are some things you could do differently. But she was brave enough to tell me and I listened. That actually seems like a a much more enjoyable way of doing it as opposed to making it seem so linear and like come into my office and sit down and the glaring light and stark relief of, of everybody kind of peeking and going, why is she in there? What's going on in there? I, I'd actually prefer that. Yeah, I think for me that worked that time and I think it was right for her. I think she had the maturity to, to deal with it. I don't think everybody does in the business. I think people perhaps get a bit scared yeah. of what to do. They don't know how sure. to do it. But I think certainly people welcome a bit of feedback, particularly oh, yeah. if you handle it nicely and professionally professionally and actually you can get a better transformation I think by handling something a bit more informally and if you need to do the formal route at some point because things are going wrong then they're always there aren't they in organizations but try and resolve things first I think is always a good good thing to do. What was your biggest victory? I like this. I like. I like that you chose both sides of the coin here. This is this is an excellent little balance of the two. Well, I think I think for me, this is going to go back to my uh, days when I first joined Bernardo's, which is the big children's charity. And mm-hmm. during the time we were relaunching and rebranding and investing in some quite significant advertising for the first time, and some of that advertising was very impactful. There was one was known as Heroin Baby, and these were images of children in very gritty. Situations and they weren't for everyone, and they were not liked internally completely, and they weren't necessarily liked externally as well. And I had to go and present literally the day after we'd launched these adverts to a wider children's services group. So these are a group of senior professionals in the organization running all the children's services. And I went to present to them. And it was like walking into a room that was a little bit cross, shall we say. You know, and I probably wasn't right. the favourite speaker of the day. But I presented and I shared why we were doing it. I took them through the rationale. And we all left the room with a better position and much more of an organisation behind everything that we were doing. And I got a couple of emails afterwards saying thank you for taking the time and everything. But I got one in particular, which I think is was wonderful, which was somebody said, Diana, I may not agree with everything that you've said and what you're doing, but I'm glad you're working for us and not the competition. And that for me, <laughs> yeah, just sort of said, yeah, we're doing the right thing. Sometimes you have to do difficult things. But I also learned from that big time, which was not to launch ads on an organisation when they haven't seen them before. And the previous right. um, approach had been to do it all really, really quietly, keep it all secret and just launch it. And I then said, actually, you know, after that, let's bring the organisation on board first. And we then spent more time bringing people on board. And then actually, I think, got better advertising out of it. 
Let's go to the must list. Uh, what is a must do? So I think this is going to come a little bit of a theme because some of this is about management and leadership and your impact on others. And for me, it is becoming really aware of your impact on other people. Some people call it your shadow. Some people call it be a radiator, not a drain. But I think I've learned that over time, you have to really, really watch this one when you're under pressure because your natural ability to be a radiator or to have sunlight rather than a shadow can actually be challenged when you're under pressure and other behaviours come out and you start to sort of maybe not talk to people or not share with people or you walk into the room and you're a bit busy and you haven't got time for them and therefore you can suddenly become a bit of a drain. So I always say you really must be aware of that all the time and I think that helps people just be a little bit more self-aware of the impact on others. I think self-awareness is something that I'm seeing a bit more of, and we're seeing a bit more candor from people. Are you seeing that? I mean, it's anecdotal from my end, but I'm starting to see that, that a little bit more. Are you seeing that over on your end? Yes, definitely. And actually, we're actually part of our well-being model at um, NABS has been that awareness is really an important element. Be aware of your own self, not just your impact on others, but how you perceive the world and what your upbringing is and how that translates into behaviour and just being aware of how you respond to situations. So you can be a bit predetermined to respond in certain ways and actually a lot of self-awareness is really, really good. And I think people are talking about it more. I think right. there's, a bit, there's a bit of the millennial generation thing, which I hate to label the millennials, but we all talk about a group of people coming through who are a bit more open about sharing and talking. And I think that's probably reflecting a little bit on the rest of us. What's a must experience? So I've gone a bit left field here. I've said go and volunteer in something that you've not done before or something in a different area because that helps you stretch yourself in a different way but actually in a way that's fairly safe. So you know, you're under the support of guidance, people will help you do something different but you're not necessarily having to suddenly go and say, I want to achieve something massive when you're not ready for it. I personally went and worked in um, Sierra Leone a few years ago. I went to work for a friend who set up a school out there. Um, I helped with the school. I learned lots of different things, but more importantly, I learned more about how developing countries respond when they've got support um, than I would ever have learned from being reading something in the UK. So I think try and just make sure you do a bit of that at some point in your life would be my uh, must experience. What is a must read? So um, I'm sticking to leadership on this one and it reflects also on my must do, which is being aware of your impact with others. And this is Steve Radcliffe and he wrote the management book, Leadership Plain and Simple. I really, really like it. It's a really simple model of leadership. He talks about having a plan for the future, engage people in where you want to go, and then get on and deliver it. Build big relationships, which I think is really important, and be aware of things like your shadow. And it's a really sort of, it demyths so many of the leadership books that for me, I give it out to everybody. Whenever I see people in my team, they're struggling with something, I say, read this. So wait, you said you said demyths. What is, are, are, do you think that sometimes leadership books get a little too in the weeds or a little bit too esoteric? What, I'm, I'm intrigued now because th there are many stripes of, of leadership yeah. and management books. So now I'm, I'm just I'm curious because you're saying emphatically that this is an important book for people. 
Yes, I believe it is because actually it's accessible, so you can you can take quite a lot of it in in quite a short period of time. So it's not a six day read. You know, you can read it on a couple of train journeys. You can dip into it. It's structured really well, and the principles stay with you because of the way it's the way it's created. I love the leadership books that have stories of people because I think you always learn from what people right. have done. So I'm not saying it's the only one, but I would say right. it's something that gives a. I, for me, it's a really good framework. And if I if I'm not doing the stuff in that book, I, I generally get the feeling that I'm not doing things right. Right. Well, I, I, you bring up a good point about other people's stories because there's an empathy in there and people can relate to that. Yeah, I and think we all like stories, don't we? Yes, exactly. What's a must learn? So this one goes back a long way. And I was training really right at the beginning of my career as an account handler. And we went on some training called win-win negotiation techniques. And they put us in a room and you play this game called Red Blue. And you play in teams and basically the competitive instinct comes out and you do everything you can to win that competition. But actually mm. what you realise three quarters of the way through this this piece of training is that you're all going to lose because all you're doing is trying to beat the other one and coming out at the end of it if you carry on as you're doing you may win something but the other team are going to absolutely lose everything and it teaches you that you need to go into a negotiation with a view to win-win and it stops you going into battle when something's going wrong or you've got to fix something it means you go in going I need to come out of here with a positive solution for both parties and that for me is something that I am not great at I'm not a great negotiator but I generally go in on the view that I want to come out of this in a good place and both people in a good place and that's what works for me maybe we should send some people overseas on that at the moment I think I no comment <laughs> <laughs> at least not publicly not publicly no no, actually, you know what? Uh, you no, know, you're right. I, I think, no, 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 I, I'm joking, but actually I'm not joking because one of the things that I notice and I think that is really, there's, there's a tremendous amount of disquiet around this is the lack of actual intelligent discourse anymore Yeah. where there is that back and forth, but in a productive way. We just go for the headline, we go for the quick hit, we just go for what is going to benefit us most. And I think there's a reason why the world feels tense right now. And, and you know, obviously clearly pointing to our little corner of the mm. world and our, and, and our current leadership. I mean, it's just, it's, it's intense and very tense and it happened awfully quick. And yeah. so I think civility is a trait that I think, to your point, win-win negotiation skills, but I also think civility is something that's a must-learn for people now. It's not as intuitive as it used to be. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think we, we go, everybody goes out there to sort of for win-lose at the moment, it feels like. Get the, get the, right. get the win headline that's going to take the other person down or right. just, just creates this sort of a discourse that is uncomfortable. Certainly for me anyway. I like to build bridges, not burn them. So I find some of those right. approaches sort of difficult. Right. Our leadership in the White House is very good at not just burning down the bridge, but stomping on it and ensuring that it gets <laughs> yeah. kicked into the river. So, but I'll leave it at that. Not that I have an opinion or anything. What is a question that you've never been asked before that you would love someone to ask you and what would the answer be? Do you know, I, 
really, really struggled with this one. Um, <laughs> a lot of people I'll do. do a I'm lot of glad do. because I've sort of wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. And then the only thing I've sort of got to, and I don't think this is very good, so you might edit this one out. But the, the question I've probably never been asked is something like, what would you do in a parallel universe if there were two U's? How could you, you know, what would I you like do? I like that. Oh, okay. That? See, now that, that, that's an awesome question. <laughs> That is, see, no, no, no. It's, there will be no editing out of this. this is, that's, okay. that's a great question. Well, I'll let you borrow it for other people then, <laughs> but I won't charge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what would the answer be to that? Well, I think I would like to go and spend my time traveling around the world, doing some of that volunteering like I did in Sierra Leone, having the opportunity to just go and help and travel and see and I think that brings me right back to that traveling experience that I had right at the beginning of my career when I started out with the travel and tourism and just got a little bit of the bug for understanding the rest of the world. If I could spend my t- rest of my time seeing and meeting other people from the rest of the world and how they live and what they're doing and how it's different and I love meeting people and I would love to spend my life doing that. I do that at work quite a lot actually, but not in pure leisure. No, but the work that you do is actually incredibly important. I think for the people in the U.S. that that don't know the organization, the work that you guys are doing is, and I've known the organization for a long time, going back to my days during uh, Advertising Week Europe, you're already doing a lot of good. It's it's exciting to see where, where this is all headed. So it feels like that, you know, you're preparing a very healthy industry and you're working very hard to ensure that the industry is not just vibrant but healthy as well. Yeah, I think we've learned recently in particular with the numbers of calls that we're receiving and the increases in that and the number of people ringing us, particularly on stress and pressure, that unless we really do something about this, we're just not going to continue to thrive as an industry because we're just putting more pressure under people and people under pressure do not perform well. And one of the things that happens in particular is your creativity breaks down. You stop being creative. All those natural instincts to be creative, which is what we are as an industry, all get curtailed when cortisol is pumping around the system. So adrenaline, yeah, maybe, (laughs) but not stress. No, I'm with you. Every guest on the show gets a chance to talk about whatever they'd like for a minute or two. Without further ado, the floor is yours. Okay, so I'm going to speak about well-being because that's what NABS has put at the heart of its purpose as an organisation in the last two years. And we really want to see the industry take this seriously and look after the well-being of its people. And I think firstly, I'm quite passionate about this because it's not fluffy or a nice to have. The data speaks for itself People do shut down when they're not not working well. And stress, which is just one element of um, poor well-being alone, costs UK employers £26 billion a year. So if you just broke that down for the people in our industry, it's significant. The other thing is it's not just nice wellness or yoga although I know that is something that works for many people as part of looking after themselves. But it's the whole package of elements, including physical and mental health, which has been a major topic for our industry this year. But other elements, like we've talked about, the self-awareness piece, having positive perceptions of yourself and how you can create positive relationships with others, feeling adequately rewarded in life 
as well as being financially secure, we see a lot of people at the moment who are um, very difficult financial situations. All of these things come together to help us thrive. We've got science behind it as well. So the damage that stress causes, we all know we will accept that, but we don't always accept that there are other chemicals and things going on in our brains that are affecting the way we're working. So for an industry that's creative, we just need to help people be creative and not put them under so much stress and pressure. Much like the must list, we ask for one piece of advice and wisdom to wrap up the show. What would be your final word? So my last word is to come back to what I said at the beginning, which is to be lucky. I think you can make it happen by the actions you take. It's not the same as pay it forward, people talk about that, but it's actually about building big, meaningful relationships in and out of work that make opportunities come your way. Things that give you the big break. Be lucky, make a bit of luck, and it will come. I love it. Well, it's a great pleasure to be reconnected with you over great. in London. Thank you yes. so much for taking the time and best wishes for continued success. And next time I'm over there, I, we will actually see each other in person, but continued best wishes. You guys are doing really important work and just keep at it and keep on us as well. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for inviting us to get involved with this. I really appreciate it.